calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, Content Director at CFA Institute, and I'm delighted to have Nate Silver with me today. Uh, Nate runs the political website 538 and is the author of The Signal and the Noise, Why Most Predictions Fail, But Some Don't. Welcome, Nate. Um, so it seems that we're surrounded, some would say we're deluged by more and more data every day. Um, how is that changing how we actually make decisions? Um, so, I mean, obviously people now have uh, a lot more options for what right. data they look mm -hmm. at. I think the challenge people don't realize is that um, when you have more and more data, uh, in some ways that makes it harder. Now you have to kind right. of choose which data you're looking at, what you take to be the signal yep. versus the noise. Um, and so what I think we need is a series of best practices. That's a very dry way to put it, but we need right. more experience working with this data. Um, okay. It's going to take a while before society-wide, right. industry-wide, you see massive progress, I think. I mean, a lot of people put a lot of sort of faith into big data, and I'm wondering, do you think there are limitations to data's abilities to sort of solve the world's problems? Should data even be trying to solve the world's problems? Well, look, I mean, everything is data in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, anytime you're trying to go from an anecdotal example yeah. to generalize, um, then you at some point have to use a common language where you're classifying things that happen and measuring things that happen. Um, mm -hmm. So that requires things to, to be data at right. some point, I think. Um, but you know, data sets that are, are unstructured, right, are very raw a lot yeah. of the time. Before you get into analysis and prediction, um, organization <laughs> yeah. is important, right? Yep. Uh, organization can mean a lot of things, but it can mean yeah. cleaning data, it can mean visualizing data. Um, yeah. I think sometimes people are trying to uh, to run before they've learned how to how to walk. Right. Um, so yeah. that's going to take some time okay. too. Let's go to the title of your book, because you know, signal and noise. Um, it's a hard question to answer in a short space of time, but why is noise so often mistaken for signal? And what can we do about it? Well, it's partly because uh, because we are kind of trained. Our intuition is to find meaning and patterns in everything. Um, mm -hmm. When this is not some, I'm not some like German philosopher saying, "Oh, the world is meaningless." Right. right? I'm just saying that um, the world's evolved a lot since when our kind of brain yeah. chemistry and our common sense was developed, and we're bombarded now by a lot more data than we were used to. Yeah. Um, and as this becomes more complicated, there are things that we might not understand, or there are things right. that are caused by by random chance that we mistake for a signal right. sometimes. Because they, they can look identical on the surface. Yes. Well, speaking of that, um, what about false signals? I've, I've heard you talk about the, um, the AP tweet, that yeah. being a false signal. So tell us a little bit about the risks of false signals. Um, well, this was a case last yeah. year where there was the AP's Twitter feed, Associated yeah. Press, was hacked. And as a result of that, uh, automated trading algorithms 
uh, traded about $1.6 billion worth of S&P 500 shares um, that rebounded just moments later. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is a big risk whenever yeah. you're making a bet in the marketplace, and I think of the market broadly, mm -hmm. um, meaning against other people. Um, then it's kind of saying a lot to say, boy, my analysis of the data shows that you guys are really wrong. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you have a bug in your model, sometimes you're the one making the mistake. Um, right. And that kind of humility is something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily want to admit to intuitively. Everyone thinks they right. can beat the market, and it's, it's hard to do. Okay. I guess one forecast most of us can relate to is, is the weather. Um, and you talked a bit about um, how weather forecasts have improved, and that is to do with three different factors. Mm -hmm. um, tell us those three factors. So out of everything I write about in the book, yeah. uh, the weather forecasters are probably the best success story. Okay. And they've improved their forecast by 250% uh, literally yeah. in the span of the past quarter century. Um, but it's a combination of three things. Number yeah. one is they do have very fast computers, yep. right? Mm -hmm. um, they use supercomputers to forecast the weather. Yep. Um, number two is that they have very good theory. They understand why the atmosphere behaves as it does. Right. The chemistry is, is relatively basic. Right. And number three, they have a lot of practice. Where yes. Weather forecasting is something we yeah. do every day. Um, or not we do, <laughs> but meteorologists do. Yes. Um, the fields where you've seen progress, so sports, for example, baseball, yeah. post-moneyball, you play baseball games every day. If you have a dumb idea in baseball, that gets beaten out of you yeah. pretty fast. Right. Not in politics, yeah. where you have four-year cycles, or economics, where the business cycle might be for, right. for 10 years. So those fields show more promise. Yeah. I mean, you've done this, or been forecasting for a, a lot of years. What would you say is sort of the, the sort of top lesson you've learned over all that time? What, what has changed? What, how things have improved for you personally? I mean, you know, the lesson is, you know, number one, thinking in terms of probabilities and uncertainties is, is often where the value is. Right. You know, number mm -hmm. two, um, to uh, start out sometimes from a position of, of skepticism when you come across and read mm -hmm. <laughs> different things and recognizing that we all have different incentives and biases right. and those can govern our interpretation of the data a lot of the time. I mean, those yeah. are probably the two most important okay. things. So then I guess the final question is, you know, um, have we become better in translating data into information and has the proliferation of data made us overconfident in its use? I think we've slowly gotten better, yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, the overconfidence risk is a big, yep. is a big problem. So okay. you can get better at something, but if your confidence level increases faster than your actual experience and skills, and sometimes it can be yeah. um, net detrimental in the okay. short run. I mean, how do you overcome behavioral bias in your own work? Um, I mean, through experience, right? right. Um, when I used to play poker, uh, Poker is a game where you, there's a lot of luck, there's a lot of skill. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. You learn how easy it is to confuse yep. the two, yep. um, and you have your ups and downs. And so okay. I, think, I think that mentality helps okay. a lot. It's been a fascinating discussion, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for watching. Copyright 2014 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.